Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well and uh, it was good to see you this week. We, we got to hang out together down in Orlando with about eight or nine members of our team. Yeah, it was really fun. It was kind of like uh, Executive Committee staff Orlando week. We were on a site visit for the SBC annual meeting, as well as uh, teams from other entities and groups, mm-hmm. local arrangements committee, folks Pastors like that. Conference. Right. So so we spent some time in the convention center and around that area, and it was a lot of fun. And it, what was really fun was seeing what it's going to be like in June. And I I think I think people are going to be really happy with the layout. This yes. is a this is a great it's quite simple. Yes. One big hallway. Stuff on the right, stuff on the left. That's it. Yes. Okay. Those those who went to Birmingham, you will be very pleased. Yes. But it's a lot of walking. I mean, yes. just because it's so big, not because it's, like you said, it's very simple. We did a lot of walking in Birmingham too, Amy. We did. We did indeed. But this week, I looked at where my watch connects with my app. And on Tuesday, when uh, we first got there and some of the folks, our, our communications team was walking around. I uh, And we covered a lot of ground in the convention hall that day. I looked, I actually clocked more steps that day than any of the days I was in Israel. And mm. uh, folks who've been on Israel trips know you do a lot of walking on that trip, but I did more walking in the convention center on yeah. Tuesday. We we walked the entire thing. We're only using like right. two sections of right. eight, and we wound up parking on one end and had to walk the whole thing. So right. we, got, so a, we got a full tour. We got the full tour. We sure did. We sure did. It's a great, it's a great facility. It's a massive though. Woo. But people will really like how well it's laid out. The main entrance is, is really easy to, to see where registration is going to be. will be great, easy to find. Uh, drop off from Ubers, buses. There are several walkways that come from you know multiple hotels around. I think three hotels are connected via walkway. Yes, and some of those walkways have outside stairs that go down mm-hmm. to some of the parking areas. Yeah. So, they're so if you're just, in a neighboring hotel, you can just kind of walk over, hit the stairs up to that walkway, and then you're in and the go convention in. center. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really laid out well, and there are a lot of restaurants and things around. So I think uh, I think people are going to like it. I hope so. So, And I, I think people are going to come too, Amy. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show because we got a, a little update on some uh, some deadlines, some some opportunities for you to – Get things going. Get the ball rolling to come to the SBC annual meeting in June in Orlando. But first, Amy, we have a new teammate at the EC. George Schroeder was named the Associate Vice President for Convention News this week. This is exciting. I have been waiting for this slot to to be announced. And this I'm pretty pumped about this. So I have to tell you. You and I've me only, both, Junior. Yeah. I have only met... George Schroeder through this process as he is coming on to the executive committee. So I did not know him before, but it has been very clear, particularly through his announcement, that he is highly respected in the field of journalism, particularly in uh, sports writing. And so the the response when this was announced on social media this week, and particularly when he tweeted it when he announced it the response was pretty overwhelming mm-hmm. it was and and it was i told him it's the, the people that were liking it and responding to it it was like a blue checkmark convention because it was all these sports writers and all these media people that we would know just from reading their stuff 
all right. that he has he has like networked with and knows, and they're all congratulating him, just saying what a great fit this is, what a great uh, you know how proud they are of him. So that was really right. awesome to see. Even my yeah, favorite so, writer from ESPN yeah. wrote to him, and which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So tell us a, tell us a little bit about George because Southern Baptists may not be familiar with him. So why don't yeah. you give give us? So some he on comes him. to us from USA Today, and he's uh, spent nearly thirty years in the news industry covering a host of different things, primarily sports, as you mentioned. Uh, but has he has earned nine Associated Press Editor Awards uh, for his coverage and was actually named the president of the Football Writers Association of America in 2009. So he he's well-respected by his peers, well-respected in the industry. Uh, he's been in the, uh, we mentioned his byline in the USA Today. He's also been part of the Registered Guard up in Eugene, Oregon, the Oklahoma and Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Sports Illustrated, and many more. He hosts shows on Sirius XM Radio, different shows on there, several different channels, which is kind of neat. So he's a regular host and fill-in guest on those. Uh, he comes to us from Trinity Baptist Church in Norman, Oklahoma. Many of you would know that church, Pastor Ronnie Rogers up there in Oklahoma, and uh, has a real heart for missions at his local church. He has headed up their ministry efforts in Guatemala, uh, which include multiple trips each year. So he, he's done a lot of missions work. And, and when I sit down with him and we, we talked the first time, I mean, you could see how important that ministry and that mission work is to him. It's something that that he talks about uh, quite a bit, and it's exciting to see that. And also, there's another Southern Baptist tie. Amy, tell us about that. Yes, his grandfather, also named George Schroeder, was the executive secretary of the Brotherhood Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention for 19 years. So from 52 mm -hmm. to 71, uh, his grandfather was an entity head. And while he was president of the Brotherhood Commission, enrollment in Brotherhood units in Baptist churches climbed to a high of over 634,000 in 1964. So yeah. the heyday of the Brotherhood Commission. Yeah, yeah. George is also, he's a current student at Southwestern Seminary. And so a really well-rounded person. And yeah. then I, I think you, you mentioned to me when we were talking at one point that what's interesting is that the specifically sports writing requires you know it's a very event driven area of journalism kind of can be strange hours sometimes particularly at certain times of the year uh, stories are sort of changing at the last minute lots of press conferences with coaches and and things like that reacting to something that had just happened that's actually kind of a perfect fit for our world yeah yeah it's it's very deadline driven and the things that you cover as a sports writer are they they vary from everything from game recaps, game coverage, game previews to off-season stuff with coaches hiring and firing and trades and players coming and going and unfortunately, you know, every once in a while you wind up at a courthouse and you have some type of uh, illegal issue that that goes on. So uh, there's a lot that goes on in sports writing and he has covered it all, nearly 30 years of experience. And uh, he's going to come help us out over at Baptist Press. And I cannot wait to get him in the office. He starts on Tuesday, Amy. So getting right after. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, congratulations, George. We're glad to have you on the team. We'll have to get him on here, Amy. We'll have to get him on the podcast soon. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Since he'll be in Nashville, it'll be a little easier for me to do an interview. Maybe, yeah. maybe get him on next week. Who knows? And if he is a regular host on Sirius XM, he might really show us up. Like he's yeah, got to be quite We're a professional. So up our game here. 
Absolutely, so that'd yes. be exciting. So we'll, we yes. may, uh, I'll talk to him and maybe we'll get him on next week. So maybe no promises. Sounds good. I'm making no promises, but we'll, we'll see. All right. All right, Amy, we have some nomination news. We have another announcement for SBC President Randy Adams, the executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention in Vancouver, Washington will be nominated to run for SBC president. Yes, so this was announced on the 14th. It was a group of Southern Baptists that announced an intention to nominate Randy Adams uh, for president. So what's interesting is he's now, you know, the second nominee to be announced. And still, January feels early for these announcements. Because it is, Amy. Because it is. Yeah, so we're really getting out there talking about this now. And uh, Randy Adams made an announcement on his personal website and said that he believes the SBC needs a directional shift. As he said in his article, I'm allowing my name to be entered into nomination for the presidency of the SBC because I believe that we need a clear change in direction in order to fulfill our God-given mission and reverse our present course of decline in every key measurement of Great Commission advance. He sees that we're in the middle of great challenges, but also a time of great opportunity and is calling for a chance to recommit to the purpose of advancing the Great Commission. Um, The group of Southern Baptists nominating him includes uh, Blake Gideon, who is a pastor from Oklahoma and was kind of the original person to, to put this on social media first before... Uh, before any stories came out, as well as uh, p- other pastors and and leaders from really a number of different states, from Oklahoma, New Mexico, Georgia, Oregon, Washington, places uh, all over. They wanted to demonstrate, according to Gideon, they wanted to demonstrate unity of Southern Baptists from across different demographics and ethnicities. We wanted to express a united effort of people who we believe really reflect the SBC. All right. And as always, the ACP data for his home church, uh, even though he's not a pastor, uh, is in the story, just like Dr. Muller's was whenever we had his announcement. He's a member of Go Church, which is a church plant in Richfield, Washington. I think it's been around for two years. I think that's what I saw in the ACP. Uh, They uh, have 34 members, but about 100 weekly attendees. They gave $13,805 of their $233,000 annual receipts last year to the cooperative program. That's about 5.9%. And uh, also, since uh, Adams is the executive director, that information is included in the story as well. In 2019, the Northwest Baptist Convention had CP receipts of a little over $2.8 million. Of that, about 641000 or 22.4% of it, was forwarded on to national and international causes. The 2020 budget anticipates an 80-20 split, so 80 staying in the Northwest and 20 going on to national causes, as we covered last fall in one of our 41 lovely state convention recaps. All right. And speaking of the annual meeting, Amy? We had an article this week, uh, Dr. Floyd urging a full contingent of messengers from churches at the Southern Baptist Convention here in 2020, because what happens in about uh, two and a half weeks, Amy? Online registration opens February 1st. That's right. February 1st, you can pre-register as a messenger from your church. Uh, we call it pre-registration because when you get there, you still have to like complete the registration. So you can register online and get your messenger credentials squared away 
starting February 1st at sbcannualmeeting.net. How many are we going to have this year, Amy? We are going to have between 11,000 and 13,000. That's messengers anticipated based on hotel registrations. Yeah. So what are we shooting uh, for, though? 15,000. That's right. That's right. We want 15. Yes. Yes. But we're going to get our 10 that we've been talking about forever. Absolutely. I've been wanting 10,000. I've been wanting to hit 10,000 for the last several years, and we are going to make that, but let's just blow past it, folks. Let's get it up to at least 15,000. Always got to have a stretch goal. You think we can get Bill to get some indoor fireworks so when we hit 10,000, we can shoot them off? I feel like Bill is not going to want to do that. Well, well, Kathy's in charge of this, so maybe Kathy Litton, you know, since she's the registration secretary... The registration sec. Well, oh, so because she's in charge of the registration, uh-huh. not in charge of fireworks. At first, I was like, Kathy's in charge of fireworks. Well, no, she could be. Um, we could yeah, put it in the could. bylaws. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, February first. That's when registration opens, and we know that folks are already planning because they've got their hotel reservations. So go ahead and take advantage of this pre-registration. Uh, get your ducks in a row, prepare yourself and the folks that are coming from your churches. And uh, let's, let's do it. I mean, Dr. Floyd is putting out the call of every Southern Baptist church to send messengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but last year we only had about 3,500 churches involved in the annual meeting. And we'd love to see that grow. Obviously I'd love to see 5,000 churches. Uh, Dr. Floyd has been saying that same thing. We'd love to see 5,000 churches, which would be a little over 10% of our churches represented at the annual meeting. So I'd love to see that number get to 15 to 20%, you know, get 7,500, 10,000 churches or something like that in future years. Because if we get that, we get churches sending those kind of people, then our messenger count will absolutely go through the roof. So that's exciting. And I'm excited. We got to see all this down there this week. And I'm telling you folks, you don't want to miss SBC 20 down in Orlando. Amy, some news from Missouri. The Missouri Baptist Foundation has bought the Windermere Baptist Conference Center, and it resides again in the Missouri Baptist Foundation. Yes. So give us a refresher course. We used to cover this oh, yeah. quite a bit off and on. So give us a refresher course on kind of what happened here. Back like pre-2001, the Windermere board, they say in the story here, secretly voted to become self-perpetuating along with four other NBC entities. So they kind of broke away from the Missouri Baptist Convention without permission, per se. So there was this huge legal thing over the past few years, which got resolved just a couple of years ago, that some of the other entities came in and fully became part of the NBC again. But in 2014, Windermere, uh, they had a ruling that said that they couldn't be uh, brought back in. It it got thrown out of that, that trial, and the Missouri Supreme Court denied the Missouri Baptist Convention's bid to uh, a jury trial, trying to try to get it back into the uh, the fold there, but it's kind of gone under, and they uh, were at foreclosure, and for four point seven four five million, the Missouri Baptist Foundation through their subsidiary Straightway Holdings was able to buy back the Camp and Conference Center up there just north of Branson uh, to bring it back under the Missouri Baptist umbrella. So it, it's been kind of a long back and forth, a protracted back and forth for about twenty years, uh, which yeah. is kind of wild. Now it's finally set back, you know, under the Missouri Baptist Convention control somewhat, you know, through the the foundation there. And Neil Franks, uh, president of the Missouri Baptist Foundation, said that Windermere will be operating at full strength in the new year. So, yes, there we are. A very interesting update. Yeah. and, And I've been to Windermere 
And when I went, I remember it being fantastic. I think it was around 2007 or so. And we went, and it was a fantastic place, uh, just a great conference center and, and camp place for uh, student life camps. I think at that time we're going on there. So uh, it, it's a really great facility, and it's good to see it back. Kind of, I'd say, I think if Missouri Baptist, if you ask them, it's back where it belongs, Amy. There you go. All right, some news from Texas this week. Priscilla Shire underwent some lung surgery to remove a, a node from her lung. Yeah, so this was something that kind of began to to trickle out. I saw it on, on social media, news of the procedure. Some women in her home church were praying for her, but news began to kind of spread a little bit. And so she wanted to address it personally. So this was just a small nodule in her left lung that had been discovered three years ago, but this, the doctors had been watching it. And during the past summer, they realized that surgery was the necessary step, but with everything that's been going on with her family and uh, with the loss of Lois Evans, her mother, they delayed the surgery for a while, but it really was the time she could not put it off any longer. So this past Monday, the 13th, they removed an entire lobe of, of uh, her left lung. And so that's what was coming out and kind of big news and people are continuing to pray for uh, Priscilla Shire. Yeah. And it's been a kind of a rough couple of months for them, losing Lois, uh, her mom, now the surgery here. So uh, be in prayer for the Shire family as well as the entire Evans family uh, during this time. It's uh, good to know that she, she came through with flying colors, though. All right, Amy, last thing. Baptism Sunday getting cranked up again. Easter Sunday, April 14th, J.D. Greer is calling on SBC churches to participate in a nationwide focus on baptism. So we've got a story in there and some information, and uh, there's a link to a NAM uh, resource page that you can use in your church. So we're excited to have Baptism Sunday this spring on Easter. So that should be exciting, Amy. Yeah, So and, and there was a real connection between the Hoosier One initiative yeah. uh, from the last year to the emphasis on baptisms. And uh, I love it, that, you know, that hashtag fill the tank and just be be ready have everyone doing, you know, if you have baptisms that you schedule, have everyone doing the baptisms on the same day. It's just a really special day to celebrate yeah. that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So I want to go back to 1952. It was the Baptist Press issue of January 15th. And it was just something that caught my eye because of a few updates now in 2020. Um, it's a story at the end of that Baptist Press issue that says the Sunday School Board anticipates building progress during year. And it uh, is very, very brief story. It says expanded physical facilities in Nashville and continued progress on the Glorietta Assembly in New Mexico are two objectives in sight during the year for the Baptist Sunday School Board. So it's talking about completing an addition to the Ninth Avenue building in Nashville with office space, working facilities, um, and then also that construction would be started on several buildings at Glorietta. And then it, then it also mentioned expansion at Ridgecrest. But I thought it was so interesting to read this, to think, you know, this is what, like set almost 70 years ago. And now where we are is, you know, when I'm in the office there in Nashville, we're looking out at kind of this big gaping hole where that building and holes being made bigger every day that's right i mean you should post some of the videos of the blasts there are blasts every day which are really fascinating and 
progress, the building that went up, it's it's not there anymore. There's a different yeah. building, you know, down the down the street. And then with Glorietta, that's actually kind of popped up lately because the, yeah. the NBC television show Biggest Loser put their preview out for their new season. And I saw, I don't remember who it was, popped up on social media and said, are my eyes deceiving me or is that Glorietta? And it is. It is. They, they're yeah. doing the, this season at Glorietta. So it's just... It's just interesting how, you know, seasons change, time changes things. And in 1952, there was this expansion, new buildings, and now we're in 2020 and we're in new places and new things are happening and some buildings are not there anymore and some buildings aren't, you know, we we don't have them anymore, but other people are doing things with them. Kind of time just marches on. And so I I just thought it was very interesting that as we sit where we do, as we sit where we are now, people were really talking about kind of beginnings of some of these things this week in SBC history. Well, I mean, you know, tying it to today, Amy, there's construction happening in that same place today. Yes, yes, there is. Just not, not for the Baptist Sunday School Board. That's all that's, it is. That's right. Yep. So that that's wild. And that, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and the Glorietta thing cracked me up the other day, though, when I saw that for the first time. So that's a reality TV star, Glorietta Camping Conference Center for you. Yeah, by the pretty way. crazy. So, all right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is actually resources for this Sunday, the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday over at the ERLC website. There's a bulletin insert that you can download, put in your bulletins this week, talking about the sanctity of human life. We also have a story over at Baptist Press. Had a couple of those this week. One on Shaq Hardy, a good friend of the pod, who's down uh, at Brainerd Baptist in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and a former Southeastern student was there with you, I think, uh, sometime. And also, uh, Attest Schoenhoven, one of our writers, did a, a great article that's appearing in Southern Baptist papers across the U.S. Uh, on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday and the impact that ultrasounds are making at crisis pregnancy centers. So uh, some great uh, stories there and some great resources for you to check out to celebrate Sanctity of Human Life Sunday in your church this week. Amy, your resource of the week is... My resource is a book that I really just got my hands on. It's been out for a little while, but I brought it home from my last trip to Nashville. It is actually kind of a a memoir biography uh, written by Robbie Gallaty called Recovered, How an Accident, Alcohol, and Addiction Led Me to God. And it's it's his testimony. It's his testimony and call to ministry, um, which is a pretty incredible story for those who, who have heard but it really is a story of his salvation, new life, and what Christ does in a person. He's now the pastor at Long Hollow there in the Nashville area. And so that's a, a book that's come out from B&H and a pretty incredible story. It is, absolutely. And Robbie's a good friend here in the Nashville area, pastors up at Long Hollow. And it, it's just great to see that in print because I, I've seen the kind of the live version where he tells it. And it's just a powerful, powerful story. So uh, very, very good. I, I highly recommend that. So check that out, that book uh, by Robbie Gallaty and, uh, you know, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday this week as well. So glad to celebrate that here on the podcast. And Amy, it's uh, we got a little day off on Monday too, Martin Luther King weekend this weekend. So um, that's a nice welcome after our, our whirlwind tour of Orlando the last few days. So uh, it'd be good to, to kind of have some time to spend with the family back here in Nashville and you back up in uh, Raleigh. Yeah, we so. have, uh, it looks like our 
our old house uh, I've talked about moving has is going to sell. We've got closing coming up, so we have a handful of things that we need to get out of the house. That's our, our we're working this weekend. Are there, there are a few things more relieving than closing on a house. Correct. So ask me in a in a few weeks. Ask me after February twelfth. <laughs> How it felt. Well, getting a contract on the house. Getting a contract for what is you good. need yes. is is also good. Yes. By the way. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's a very good feeling. And absolutely. Closing yeah. on a, the house that you're selling is a, a great feeling too. Right. So it's kind of moving weekend for the Whitfields, but not really. It's like a few things left in the garage, a few things left in the basement. We should get it done in a couple of hours. But that's haul a that's, couple of loads over. That's about it. That's that's right. But that's a, that's a big project for the weekend. So, Amy, we've got some great things coming up for the podcast later in the spring. We're going to get an interview series started off with some very special guests uh, that we're going to have here on the pod. Uh, I'm going to talk to George. We'll try to get an interview with George next week. I think we have time. He'll be in the office. So we'll have 15, 20 minutes to sit down and record a, 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 an interview. So uh, we'll get George on the podcast next week. He doesn't know it yet unless he listens today, and then he'll know. But uh, congratulations again to him. Excited to have him part of the team. Again, good to see you this week on Orlando and the rest of our team down there. And and folks from all over. Uh, we saw some folks from IMB, from NAM, from all over the place. So it was good to see them. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>